Good morning. Well, we really hoped that we would be having an Easter egg hunt yesterday, but that's not happening. It didn't happen. Um, but you know what's really cool? Is candy has a shelf life of about five years. So our hope is that when all of this stuff blows over, um, at some point we're going to throw like a gigantic party. It'll be like a, depending on the time of year, it'll be a combination block party slash Easter egg hunt slash uh, just celebration of being together again. And so you just have to keep your ears open for that and, and uh, just uh, get ready to celebrate with our church family and our community when this is all over. Uh, but hey, I just wanted to mention again this morning at the end of the gathering, we're going to be receiving communion. And so last week we did this uh, and you were able to take communion at home. I think we have a picture of the Hamilton family. Uh, as they are taking communion together at home. So hopefully you have your stuff prepared. They have a tortilla chip and some grape juice. Um, just something to represent Jesus' blood and his body broken for us um, as, as we aren't able to gather together and do it in our traditional way. Um, but we can have that same significance happening in our homes and with just our family. So you can, hopefully you've got that ready and at the end you can um, go and get that stuff. Um, but hey, this week, you know, even though a lot of stuff is shut down, People still need to eat, and there's still a great need in our community, and, and it's so amazing to be a part of a church family that, um, that we're able to meet some of those needs. And there's a whole group of people that are still out volunteering, and they're doing their best to keep the social distancing thing happening. Uh, so our Tuesday lunches have been going forward. They've been bagging those lunches up and letting people come in one at a time and staying distant and just um, trying to take care of people um, in any way that we can. And then also... Uh, we had a donor step up and say, hey, we want to we pay for another meal to be happening throughout the week. And so he said, go ahead and, and we'll open up the Lewis and Clark Hotel for a Sunday afternoon meal. Uh, so that's, that happened last Sunday. It'll be happening again for the foreseeable future as long as this whole thing is going on. It's just amazing to be a part of, of God's family, to see people um, even in the midst of financial hardships and challenges that are unforeseen, to say, hey, we're going to be more generous than ever because people are going to be in more need than ever. And it's just, it's so cool to be a part of that. And I hope that you're finding that to be the case. You know, we don't know what the future holds, but we never know what the future holds. But we know that God has got a plan and he's in control. So I'm just so thankful for the generosity of the church. Um, both in your giving to the church and to missions and in any way that you're trying to meet needs in our community. And so we're so thankful. We've seen people drop checks off at the church or send them in the mail, and that's so appreciated. Um, and anything you can do to help is great. Um, one of the best things you can do is actually go online and give online. It streamlines the whole process and takes out uh, a whole portion of, of work for our team. Um, so if you haven't found that yet, you can go to our website, go to the Give uh, drop-down menu, and then follow that, and you'll click on Give Now. I think you'll get instructions on that in a minute. But, but that's the best way for you to continue to give through this time, and it's so appreciated, um, and we're very thankful. that God uses, um, he uses these seasons to kind of push us and to challenge us and to be, hopefully to be thankful for the many blessings that we have, um, but also to be part of reaching people who are in need, and there's going to be more of that. And so um, I'm thankful just for some of the conversations I've had with people who are saying, hey, if you hear of any needs, we want to step up and help. And, and Bethel's been able to do that. We've been able to reach, reach out to people. Uh, one of our downtown families, they just recently moved. Um, and what's bummer is we weren't able to send them off on a Sunday, but James and Sabrina Thayer, they moved 
on to another city this last week, and we were able to help them and send them on their way and, and take care of some of the needs because of the generous giving of Bethel Church. And so I just want to say thank you to those of you who are giving and will continue to give through this season. Um, we're going to all be uh, going into uncharted territory, so uh, we'll just continue to trust God together. And I'm going to go ahead and um, jump into the, to the message this morning, and, and we'll pray in just a moment. But you know, things are, are crazy right now, and, and we continue to see things changing on a daily basis. And we were just told uh, this week by our governor that, that these um, stay-home measures are going to be in place through May 4th. And, and so we're going to continue to do our online gathering and continue to try and meet needs in different ways. Um, but we're just—I'm so grateful that, that God has a plan for this, and I know that he's doing work in our lives and in our hearts. And um, you know, there are a lot of people who are struggling right now, um, whether it's sickness or, or f- through the social isolation, and, and our lives are being impacted by that. And um, we haven't seen a huge number of cases here in Lewis County, but there are some. But the Assemblies of God world has been touched. Um, it's hit close to home for us just in this last couple weeks as um, like my cousins Eric and Bethany who are recently a, a appointed missionaries to Mongolia with the Assemblies of God. They were back in Springfield at the beginning of March, and they got to hang out with a whole bunch of the Assemblies of God world missionaries, and they had a great time back there. And then when they flew home, it was just a couple days after they got home, they got a call that a bunch of the people that they were hanging out with um, had started to develop symptoms. And so Eric and Bethany went into full quarantine mode, where they had to shut down for 14 days um, luckily, and thank God, they did not develop any illness, but several of the people that they had come in contact with in Springfield have developed COVID-19, including the Assemblies of God World Missions Director, Greg Mundus. And Greg, over the past few weeks, has been fighting for his life. Um, and I bring him up just because he's somebody that, that has a, a large role in our Assemblies of God, but in, in World Missions. And I want to invite our church family to pray for him. There's a number of other AGWM World missionaries that have also contracted COVID-19 and are, and, and are fighting it. Um, but it just kind of reiterates to me that all around the world, people are dealing with this. And we have missionaries and um, people who are boots on the ground in all of these countries. And there are, the church is, is in all of these countries um, to be a presence and to be a hope in the light of the world in the midst of this darkness. So this morning, as as we get into this message, I just want to say a prayer for all those who are impacted by the sickness, um, as well as for our world missions department and all of our missionaries and churches all around the world, that they would be the light and that God would use this to bring revival, really. So would you join me in prayer this morning? Father, we thank you so much for your love for us, that you see what's going on in our world and that you have a plan for it. You have a plan for us and it's, it looks different. It's challenging. We don't even always know what to do and how to reach out. Um, but God, I just pray that, first of all, those that are dealing with the sickness, that you would strengthen their bodies. God, that you would just touch Greg Mundus right now, um, that, you would, um, that you would just bring healing to his body, that you would be with his family. And God, the, the, the challenge of this for so many people is as their loved ones are dealing with it, they aren't even able to see them. And so God, we pray for comfort all around the world this morning for those who have loved ones who are dealing with any kind of sickness, um, not just this disease, but God, that there is a lot of hurting in our world, and so we know that you see that, and, and you have a plan, so we're just joining our hearts together to, to ask that you would just move, 
and that you would draw people close to you and that you would use this season um, in our world, in our culture, to draw people's attention to um, the fact that this life is temporary but that there is hope for eternal life in you. And so, God, we just thank you for that and ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Like I was saying, there's only a few just a little over a dozen cases confirmed in Lewis County right now, but we are all feeling the impact of this thing. It's, it's continuing to stretch out, and, um, and so we need to be prepared <laughs> to deal with that, and, and I know that none of us have asked for this, and, and so we're kind of walking through this season, but I think uh, as a church, we want to be an encouragement to you um, as, as leaders to, um, to just reach out to neighbors. Uh, there are people all around you that are hurting, uh, it's amazing what a phone call can do. Uh, just, just to say, hey, I'm thinking of you. It's, it's even better than a text message for those of you who that phone call might be uncomfortable. It's great because you know that they can't see people. And so uh, it's just a, a way to just kind of lighten somebody's burden. And so I encourage you to, to reach out. Um, as we know, we're going to be staying home through at least May 4th. Um, but people are being impacted by this. Some have been laid off already. Some have had their works dramatically impacted. Some have continued to work, but they're working from home, and some have to continue to go to work. And there are a lot of people, everybody is now homeschooling. Uh, and so on that note, I just wanted to mention something that Love and Logic has, because of that, Love and Logic has offered to their parenting class online for free for the month of April. So Kayla and I are jumping into that because... Um, we see the value of that. It's a, it's a, it's a like a hundred dollar value, uh, but we're we're needing to come up with some new strategies and tactics because we can't distract our kids, Ember especially, the ways that we used to, and she's she's feeling it. Um, but there, that's just one little tool I wanted to throw out there. Go to the Love and Logic website. You can just look up Love and Logic. Um, but they're, they're putting that on for parents that are having to uh, be cooped up in their house all day with their kids now. So it's a great thing. Um, but we're going to see a lot of challenges. We're going to see a wave <laughs> of challenges come our way in our culture and in our society as this thing stretches on. Um, challenges in mental health. Um, challenges in financial hardships and challenges in grief. Um, people are grieving even if you haven't been impacted by sickness yet, there's a grief that, that we feel as a culture, um, but there's a grief, there, there's a very tangible grief that's going around, just as, as people are realizing this is impacting our lives in so many different ways, from seniors who won't be going back to school, or people whose plans have to be changed, or weddings that are not able to, to take place, or funerals that we can't have right now. There's a lot of ways that we're grieving. And I just want you to know, you can grieve, and still trust God, okay? I know that that sounds stupid that I have to say that, but sometimes we need that reminder. That grief and that, that pain and the feelings that we have do not mean that you're not trusting God. What we do with those feelings is the indication of whether we're trusting God. Do we turn to him? Do we lean into him? Do we express those things to our brothers and sisters in Christ? And do we let the Holy Spirit minister to us in that? Or do we just try and act like we're not hurting and that it's all going to be okay? It's okay to grieve and to still trust God. Something that we have to recognize is, uh, do you know that God actually cares about you and how this is impacting you? We need to understand that. God sees every detail of our lives, and he, he's moved by that. Every little thing, even the little sacrifices that we have to make, he sees it, and he, he cares 
And sometimes that's hard to understand in a world like ours where this is all around the world, that God is personal and that he sees our details and he knows and he cares. And I think there are people out there that are watching this that need to know that, to feel that, that he is personal and that he cares what's going on in your life and that he wants you to know that he loves you. And even if you're not dealing with tremendous hardships right now, um, we are connected to people who are. Um, and we need to be a place where, where people are allowed to grieve. Um, and as this continues to go on, there's going to be more of that. And I know I've heard of people who, who, are, who aren't knowing how to deal with that. Um, and I think Christians, we need to be prepared. We need to, first of all, be able to deal with our own grief, but then be a place where people can express those things as they walk through challenges that they didn't see coming. And, you know, we have a number of babies that are going to be being born and, and mamas and, and dads that are going to be going through this in the midst of this kind of pandemic, um, that it's just, it's changing the way that we, we do things. And so there's a grief that's allowed to happen in that. And, and we want to be um, an upliftment to that and to pray for one another and to, to weep with those who weep and rejoice when those things come to pass. Um, because we do know that this will pass, um, and ultimately we can have hope through all of it. So I just wanted to kind of just talk about that a little bit, and um, if you know somebody who's lonely, who's isolated, who's, who's prone to be melancholy, reach out. <laughs> don't wait. Um, don't let another day go by. Maybe today you need to call them. Just check in and, and reach out to them. Let them know that you're thinking of them, and if there's anything that you can do to make that, um, lift that burden that God can use us in that way. You know, I know that, I know many of you are feeling those things. You're grieving. Um, and I, I see it <laughs> in my own daughter. It's, it's, it's just the way that this has impacted her. Uh, every time we go outside, when we try to come back in, she just loses it. She screams, and she <laughs> she's like, no, I don't want to go home. And, and there's this part of us, inside all of us, that are feeling that at this point. Um, that we are, we are trapped and we don't want to. Um, and it's going to impact us all in different ways. And, and as adults, we've learned that we can't maybe scream about it, but um, maybe some of, some of you are, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but it is impacting us, and it's okay to feel that, and that we can listen to one another. But most of all, most of all, what I'm here this morning to do and what we need to do is to continue to look to Jesus and to continue to put our trust in him and to continue to point each other to him because that's where our hope is. It's in him that he sees you and me and he knows what's going on in our lives and he has a plan even in the midst of the most challenging times. And that brings us to our passage for today. Uh, we're still in Psalms 23. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read this, and some of you kids out there, you, the parents, I, I've already seen some videos of kids that have this memorized, uh, and so we're going to just go ahead and read through it out loud, and you can join me in your home with your kids, with your family, or if you're on your own, just know we're joining with you together. Uh, we're going to read Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, 
and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a great reminder for us in challenging times to know that God is with us, he's, he's for us, that he's taking care of us. Today we're going to be focusing on verse 4, the heart of this passage. Um, that there is a reality that's hanging over us right now as a, as a world. Um, there's a shadow <laughs> that we are, ne- we're never really out from under it. And the shadow blankets our broken world. It's the shadow of death. And I've seen a lot of stats about the death rate for COVID-19 uh, as we've been going through that. That's something a lot of people have been focusing on. But regardless of sickness or disease, the death rate for humanity remains the same. And we live with that, that the death rate is 100%. Regardless of COVID-19 or any other sickness, we're all going to be facing that, and really none of us know when that day is coming. It's, it's a reality that as Christ followers, we don't need to be afraid of, but we can, we can wrestle with that, and we can wrestle with it so that our world can understand it, that we don't um, ignore that reality, that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, we talked about this back when we did our James series last year, or two years ago, uh, that there's a reality in this. As, as James said it, we're like a vapor here in the morning and gone. And, and we, we talked about this sentiment. You and I are going to die and we can't take anything with us. And that as Christ followers, we, of all people, we can understand that and face that reality without it being something that causes fear and anxiety. It's because of sin this world lives under the shadow of death. I don't think it's morbid to talk about it. I think it's, I think it's important to talk about it and to keep it in front of people enough that they don't ignore it to, the, to their detriment. See, people of faith, we, we can think about that and let it be something that keeps us sober-minded, that it keeps us focused on the mission and the calling that God has put in our lives to be ambassadors for Jesus, to tell the story of who he is, what he's done, and to, to talk about this resurrection because that's what our hope is built on. See, we of all people have the least to fear from death and the most to hope in death. Let me just say that again. We of all people have the least to fear from death and the most to hope in death. That we don't need to be afraid of death to shy away from thinking or talking about it. That it's a reality that we can see coming on the horizon because we've seen it over and over and over again. But that we can have hope in that. I know that there are Christians who think they are witnessing in this time by acting like this isn't a big deal. And they think that that's their way of describing their hope. And, but they don't realize that what they're telling the world around them is that they don't care about them. We want to take the, this death thing seriously. It's, it's not something that we, uh, we do not trivialize death, but neither do we fear death. We're not afraid of death either. When we stay home, when we hunker down, when we do our best to... to <laughs> lessen this thing. It's not us being afraid of being sick. It's our way of telling the world around them, around us, that we love them. And we, we want people to see that we care. Because Jesus cares. So we don't want to just act like death is nothing at all, but recognize that as believers, we don't have to be afraid of it. This week, um, we celebrate the most significant death in the history of the world. 
We celebrate the death of Jesus as we enter into Holy Week. That this Sunday, Palm Sunday, is the one where the crowds gathered and they cried Hosanna as Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem. And Jesus, he did this at this point very sober-minded because he knew what was in front of him. That Jesus, of all people, the Son of God, didn't take death lightly. Scripture says in John eleven thirty five 35 that he wept when he came to visit his friends as Lazarus had passed away. That he wept, but he didn't just weep. He then went and raised Lazarus from the dead. So we, we, we walk in this tension as believers that we recognize that death is a reality and that it's not something to be taken lightly, but of, of, of all people, we don't need to be afraid. And it's this death that we celebrate on Friday. We call it Good Friday in a very ironic uh, terminology. It's, it's the day that we celebrate the crucifixion of our Savior. The most brutal, unjust death in history has become one of the biggest celebrations. Beca- and it, and it's that, that is at the heart of why a passage like Psalm 23 and this verse that we talked about, why it brings hope to you and me as Christians. Psalm 23 verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We have a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. And this is what makes Jesus so amazing. He surpasses every other possible hope and help in this life. Because even though he is our good shepherd, Jesus knows what it's like to be a sheep. He's not just a shepherd who looks at the sheep and thinks, man, you guys are so dumb. Why do you keep getting into trouble? Why do I keep having to save you? He intentionally lowered himself to become like us. To walk the path, to see things from our eyes, to come and to speak hope, to demonstrate the power and plan of God in a specific time. To tell a story, to show the world that he isn't unable to sympathize with us, but that he actually understands It's what makes him the good shepherd. Better than any other person or any other being who could care for us is Jesus. Jesus put himself in our place. Jesus would have had this passage of scripture memorized because he was a good student and he had the power of the Holy Spirit and he he studied and he knew the word of God. He would have prayed this prayer. He would have understood the significance of it for even his own life as he walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And he was able to do that in comfort, even in the midst of the agony that he went through. That he became a man, and in a sense, he became a sheep on our behalf. How humbling it is for us as humanity, and we talked about this last week, to recognize that we really are sheep, that we, we aren't all powerful, that we can't even control our own world the way that we want to. There's a humility in recognizing that, accepting that, and embracing that, and trusting God. And it's humbling for us as humans. How much more humbling it was for God, the Son of God, to come to lower himself. He was all-powerful. He did have control, and he relinquished that. He humbled himself. He came and he became like us. He became a sheep to walk through this life on our behalf. 
so that he could carry that weight for us, that sin for us, and die for us. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8, describes this scenario. It says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, Paul wrote the book of Philippians years after Jesus had ascended into heaven, and he had a a perspective on this thing, and he, he had had time to wrap his head around it. But this scenario is still something that just doesn't make sense apart from the plan and grace of God. That Jesus would come, identify with us, that he would come and he would take on the form of a human, that he would become like a sheep, to walk through this life, to tell us how to live and be our example, but more than that, to take our place, to take the sins that, the sins of the world, the brokenness of the world on himself, onto the cross, to humble himself, to be obedient in a way that none of us have been able to do. And for that, he's glorified. The verse goes on to say he's elevated. His name is above all other names. That he came and he did that. And in the midst of that, somehow, through the miraculous work of God, we get to then identify with him in his glory and in his righteousness and in his goodness that he has invited us to to trade, that he came and he did that for us. It's amazing. And Paul describes this in the Philippians passage. And it doesn't make sense apart from the grace of God. That Jesus became like us, even to the point of death, so that we could become like him in his eternal life. It's a great exchange. We go through the valley of the shadow of death still. We still face that. Even though Jesus took that for us, we still face that. But it's different for us now. It's different for those who trust in God. Scripture says we still grieve, but we do not we do not mourn like those who have no hope. We still walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It touches life after life after life. But it says here that we fear no evil. And I love the four words that come in the middle of this verse. Just like last week we talked about those four words in verse 3, he restores my soul. If you take nothing else out of this morning's message, remember these four words. You are with me. You are with me. Whatever you're going through this morning, whatever you see in the world around you, remember this and look to God and give thanks and recall this over and over and over again. You are with me. Because of what Jesus has done, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We know that he's with us. He's gone before us. He's taken the wrath that we deserved, the punishment that we deserved, because death isn't the final judgment. Death is the end of this flesh. But Jesus took the wrath for us so that we wouldn't suffer eternally for that, but that we would become partners with him and that we could become a part of his eternal life that he is with us. The verse goes on to say, 
Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You can tell that I memorized this in the King James Version. Uh, <laughs> but it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That he's a comfort, even in the midst of the most trying times. Because we can look at his life, and as we study it, and as we think about this week, that he went through these kinds of times. That he walked through a, a season of trial like, any, like nothing we've ever experienced. And that because of that, we know that he's with us, that he will comfort you, and he'll comfort me. The scripture des- describes a rod and a staff. The rod would have been used as, for a shepherd. It would have been used to defend the sheep. It would have been like a weapon of defense to fight off uh, anything that might attack them. But then they, the shepherd would also have a staff, and the staff has that big loop at the end of it. And that was, and it was long, and it was so that if the sheep were in trouble, the shepherd could reach them. If they were walking on a treacherous path, the shepherd could hook the sheep and pull them to safety. That Jesus is with us, and that he has these tools to keep us safe, to protect us, even as we walk through death. So as we look around our world, we have a tool for coping with this that that nobody else has. And we don't trivialize the pain that people are going through. But we also need to be prepared to give an explanation for that hope and the reason for it. And, it, and I think there's not a better time in our calendar to have a, that ready than right now as we enter into Holy Week. As we think about the cross on Friday. And I mean, we think about it all the time. But we, we're going to be specifically focusing on that. And you can tune into our, our online Good Friday gathering as we think about that, that because of what he did, we can walk through these challenges and have hope. See, Jesus is our protector. Last week, as we, as we read through and talked about being sheep, we read out of that Isaiah 53 passage that talks about we are like sheep, we've gone astray. And we stopped after verse 6. But when you keep reading it, you see that in I, even in Isaiah, which was written hundreds of years before the Christ came, before Jesus went to the cross for us, it talks about him being identified like a sheep. And this is what it says in Isaiah 53. And I'm going to read verses 6 through 12. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied." By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. 
Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. That Jesus became like a sheep. That he didn't put forth his rights. He didn't live his life in frustration against the government that unjustly, against religious leaders that unjustly accused him. That he trusted God. That he walked through the valley of the shadow of death for you and for me. And that because of that, we are invited to share in that righteousness with him. That as Psalm 23 goes on, that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David, when he wrote this, when he penned this, he trusted God. He could not have known all that it meant. He longed to see a Savior, a Messiah, to trust in God and to see that come to pass. And we get to see it. We get to look back on history and we get to see the cross. We get to understand the significance for us is that the weight of our sins and our failures is lifted off of us because you and I can't do it on our own. We're like a sheep that's downcast, that's flipped upside down with the inability to lift itself. And he came and he took that burden for us. And then he's invited us to his life. This morning as we wrap up the gathering in your homes all across the county, wherever you are, the band's going to come and sing, and we're going to take communion. As we go into this week, there is, a, there is already a heaviness in our culture. And as we focus on the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, my prayer is that it wouldn't add heaviness to our week, but that as we get closer and closer to next Sunday, that the reality of what Jesus has done for us would lift the burden. <laughs> it would lift all the weight off of us as we recognize, as it says in verse 4, you are with me. And even though we aren't together, <laughs> we are celebrating this together with people from all around the world who are trusting in the name of Jesus. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you so much for all that you're doing and for what you've done for us. And God, I don't know who's watching this. Um, it's different than when we're all gathered together in one room and I can see their faces. God, I just pray that whoever is tuned into this message this morning would have their eyes lifted off of the circumstances around them, even off of the injustice and the, and the challenges they feel like they are getting put into, to recognize uh, that the most unjust suffering in the world resulted in the greatest good. And God, as we walk through this season of our lives and, and, and we try to trust you, I pray that um, the reality of your presence with us would bring lightness and, and uh, as your word says, that you would bear our yoke with you, that we would be yoked together um, and we would trust the fact that you are with us, that you see what's going on in our lives and as we focus on the cross, as we think about what that means for us, that you bore our penalty and our iniquity, that even as this passage says that you, you had, your heart was for us as transgressors and you bore our transgressions, God, I pray that you would just 
lift that burden. If there's anyone in this room who has not yet made a declaration or has not yet put their trust fully in that sacrifice, fully in who you are, I pray this morning that you would solidify that work in their heart. God, that you would bring them to that recognition and that salvation and that there would be great rejoicing, even if we can't rejoice together, that they would declare that in their room, with their family, um, that they would reach out to somebody, even if they have to call the church. God, that you would um, bring people to that recognition and help us as your people to point others to that reality through this week as we continue into this challenging season. And next Sunday, we'll, we will celebrate. We will celebrate the fact that you rose from the dead, that death is not something trivial. It was anguish for you but you defeated it and you conquered that fear for us by rising from the dead and so we thank you for that and we celebrate it over and over and over again every single time we do this we celebrate that not only did you die for us but you rose and so we thank you for that this morning and i just pray that that reality would just would just move us through our week in jesus name we pray amen